Old ideas. So goddamn old. <laughs> I, I'm an old idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carl, uh, uh, old fucker. Uh, sobriety. <laughs> it's kind of a young fucker, actually, my sobriety. August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is Sober Pod. Sober Pod is a podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery. We are not professionals and do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations. And as always, we encourage you to listen in moderation. Listen. Yeah, listen up in moderation. <laughs> Collaboration. <laughs> what, is it, what, was the, what was the saying from last week? Uh, the, the smooth... Uh, <laughs> listen for the lubrication of the smooth operation. <laughs> Here it comes, people. Um... So uh, what are we doing here? Well, we are listening to Living Sober, which is Living a book. Living Sober. <laughs> you can get twice as high. Is that right? <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. Uh, so um, so we're listening to Living Sober, uh, you know, each chapter, each week as we go along. And, you know, of course, it generates a topic and then we listen to it and then we share on the topic. This week we are in chapter 27, letting go of old ideas. Uh, and if you want to like skip ahead or whatever, go ahead, you know, go to the, go to the, um, uh, the website, aa.org, uh, slash living hyphen sober hyphen book. Boy, that's just a lot of hyphens, isn't it? So then you can go there <laughs> and you can like, you know, read or listen. It's freely available, uh, by all means, uh, I encourage you to check it out. Um, so, we will do that very shortly, but we have um, one really good announcement for uh, SOS meetings. So SilverPod, its official meeting is the SOS meetings, and it's on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then if you want to do the math, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard <laughs> Time. And then um, and that's uh, led by V, and I just really want to thank V very much for her efforts, her participation, her condolences for her mother. Her mother recently passed. So I want to make sure that um, you know we acknowledge V in the, in the work and the effort that she does because it just is super awesome for somebody to start a meeting, you know, contact, and then say, hey, like, you know, it's kind of like what can I do to help or what can I do to participate? And that's exactly what, you know we're all about so um so v i want to really thank you for for doing the deal and also for you know just being a really good example in recovery you know reaching out when you need to and and doing all those things that we uh we all talk about but that we rarely do when it comes right around to it so thank you for being a good example uh anybody yeah. else chelsea that you can think of um, <clears throat> on our Silver Pod Live private group, we have Phil, Bang and Bod Phil, oh, who is yeah. doing his um, exercise classes every Saturday morning. Awesome. And if you if you want to, you can check out his Bang and Bod, and then hopefully you won't feel too bad about yourself because you, like me, do not have a Bang and Bod. So it in. And he you, and you can watch his hair grow too because he shaved it a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and now he's like got a beard. I'm just saying, it's 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 kind of neat. So, <laughs> the just, evolution I'm, of Bang and Bod Phil. <laughs> I'm infatuated. All right, so uh, 
So, and then also, I, I do want to acknowledge uh, on the on the Silver Pod uh, uh, or the groups slash Silver Pod off of Facebook. Um, I do want to acknowledge Keith for uh, for you know participating in, in you know stepping into the uh, to the quotes. Uh, like I love this one. It's like fifteen hours ago. It's like there is no shame in beginning again. For you, get a chance to build bigger and better than before. Uh, isn't mm. that so? You know, Keith is stepping into the positive realm. I love that. Love uh, and then, um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, what else? Uh, oh, uh, just uh, you know, uh, 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 thoughts and prayers go out to Nikki, of course. Uh, you know, she's going through some tough times and she's been posted on there as well. So, Nikki, if you're listening, I hope that uh, you know, that you understand we do think about you. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about you the other day, just about all you had to go through more recently. And I just, you know, I really hope that, uh, you know, you can, um, you know, get that moment of clarity back and, and, and get a foothold in your sobriety. I really, I, I think it's obviously it's important. That's why we do this. But uh, I think it's important for you. So, okay. Um, what else are we doing? Uh, we are doing Living Sober. Living Sober. Living Sober. All right. This is it. We're going to we're gonna do the Living Sober, right? Uh, th- I think this uh, this section is about 10 minutes, so great. Uh, if you want to you know, skip forward, if you've already read the book, or if you already, I don't know, have an understanding of old ideas, I'd suggest that you listen. <laughs> but uh but it's about 10 minutes and after it's done playing we will uh comment so are you ready chelsea i am ready are you um are you ready are you standing on your own two feet no i am sitting on my ass oh well it's kind of an old person song <laughs> so I was, I was referencing an old person song <laughs> okay here you go uh let it go of old ideas 27. Letting go of old ideas. The ideas that got so deeply embedded in our lives during drinking do not all disappear quickly as if by magic the moment we start keeping the plug in the jug. Our days of wine and sweet Adeline may be gone, but the malady lingers on. So we have found it therapeutic to nip off many old ideas that start to sprout up again, and they do, over and over. What we try to achieve is a feeling of being relaxed and freed from the bonds of our old thinking. Many of our former habits of thought and the ideas they produced limit our freedom. They just weigh us down and are of no use, so it turns out, when we look them over with a fresh eye. We don't have to hang on to them any longer, unless, upon examination, they prove valid and still truly fruitful. We can now measure the present-day usefulness and truthfulness of a thought against a highly specific standard. We can say to ourselves, Now, that is exactly what I used to think in the drinking days. Does that kind of thinking help me stay sober? Is it good enough for me today? Many of our old ideas, especially those about alcohol, about drinking, about getting drunk, and about alcoholism, or problem drinking if you prefer that term, prove either worthless or actually self-destructive for us. And it is a great relief to get rid of them. Maybe a few examples will suffice to illustrate our willingness to throw out our old, useless ideas. 
For many of us as teenagers, drinking was a way of proving that we were no longer children, or that we were manly, or sophisticated and wise, or tough enough to defy parents and other authorities. In many minds, drinking is closely tied in with romance, sex, and music, or with business success, wine snobbery, and jet-set luxury. If one is taught anything about drinking at school, it is often about dangers to health and the likelihood of losing a driver's license. Not much else. And many people are still convinced that any drinking at all is immoral, leading straight to crime, suffering, disgrace, and death. Whatever our feelings may have been about drinking, positive or negative, they were often strong and more emotional than rational. Or our attitudes toward drinking may have been merely automatic, an unthinking acceptance of other people's opinions. To many, drinking is an essential part of social occasions, a harmless, convivial pastime done in certain places among friends at specific times. Others view drinking as a necessary accompaniment to eating. But now we ask ourselves, is it actually impossible to enjoy friendship or food without drinking? Did our own way of drinking improve our social relationships? Did it heighten our appreciation of good food? The idea of getting drunk produces reactions even more extreme, pro or con. Getting wasted is likely to be seen only as fun or only as disgraceful. The very idea is repugnant to many people on various grounds. To some of us, it was a desirable state, not only because it was expected of us by others and we liked the feeling, but also because it was a condition made light of by glamorous celebrities. Some people are intolerant of those who never get drunk at all. Others are scornful of those who get too drunk. Modern-day health findings so far have had little influence on such attitudes. When we first heard the word alcoholic, most of us associated it exclusively with older, unkempt, shaky, or unpleasant men we saw panhandling or passed out on skid rows. Well-informed people are now aware that such an idea is rubbish. Nevertheless, a residue of our ancient, muddy notions clung to many of us during our first attempts at sobriety. They blurred our vision and made it difficult to see the truth. But we finally became willing to entertain the thought that just possibly some of those ideas could be a bit erroneous or at least no longer reflected accurately our own personal experience. When we could persuade ourselves to look at that experience honestly and to listen to ideas other than our own, we became open to a big array of information we had not examined carefully before. For instance, we could look at the scientific description. Alcohol is a drug that alters consciousness, not just a tasty thirst quencher. The drug is found, we learned, not only in beverages, but also in some foods and medicines. And now, almost every day, we read or hear of a discovery that this particular drug does one more kind of physical damage to the heart, the blood, the stomach, the liver, the mouth, the brain, etc., not suspected before. Pharmacologists and other addictions experts now say that alcohol is not to be considered totally safe and harmless, whether used as beverage, stimulant, sedative, tonic, or tranquilizer. 
but it does not of itself necessarily lead straight to physical harm or mental degradation in every single case. Apparently, most people who use it can do so gracefully without injury to themselves or others. Drinking, we found, can be viewed medically as ingestion of a drug, drunkenness, as overdosing. The misuse of this drug can directly and indirectly lead to problems of all sorts, physical, psychological, domestic, social, financial, vocational. Instead of thinking mostly about what drinking did for us, we began to see what it does to some people. We have found out that anybody who has trouble of any sort related to drinking may have the condition called alcoholism. This illness strikes without regard for age, creed, sex, intelligence, ethnic background, emotional health, occupation, family situation, strong constitution, eating habits, social or economic status, or general character. It is not a question of how much or how you drink or when or why, but of how your drinking affects your life, what happens when you drink. Before we could recognize the illness in ourselves, we had to unload this tired old myth. It would be a sign of shameful weakness to admit that we couldn't handle the sauce anymore, if we ever could. Weakness. Actually, it takes considerable courage to stare unblinkingly at the hard truth, sparing nothing, without glossing over anything, without excuses, and without kidding ourselves. It is unseemly to brag, but frankly, Many of us think that at kidding ourselves, we were world champions. The process of recovery from alcoholism also has been clouded with misconceptions. Like millions of others who have watched a person drinking himself or herself to death, we have wondered why the drinker did not use willpower to stop drinking. That is another outdated idea, but it sticks because many of us have been exposed early in life to some model of super willpower. Maybe there was the family or neighborhood legend of good old Uncle John. Known as a rake and a heller for years, he suddenly gave up wine, women, and song at age 50 and became a model of propriety and moral soundness who never touched another drop. The childish notion that we can do likewise when we get ready is a dangerous delusion. We are not anybody else. We are only ourselves. We are not Grandpa who drank a fifth a day until he was 90 either. It is now well established that willpower all by itself is about as effective a cure for alcohol addiction as it is for cancer. Our own experience has verified that repeatedly. Most of us tried going it alone, hoping either to control our drinking or to stop, and we had no lasting success in either endeavor. Even so, it wasn't easy to admit we needed help. That, too, looked like a sign of weakness. Yes, we were being taken in by another myth. But we finally asked ourselves, wouldn't it be more intelligent to seek out and tap a strength greater than our own than to persist in our futile solo efforts after they had time and again been proved ineffective? We still don't think it is very smart to keep trying to see in the dark if you can simply switch on a lamp and use its light. We didn't get sober entirely on our own. That isn't the way we learned to stay sober. 
and the full enjoyment of living sober isn't a one-person job either. When we could look, even temporarily, at just a few new ideas different from our old ones, we had already begun to make a sturdy start toward a happy, healthier new life. It happened just that way to thousands and thousands of us who deeply believed it never could. All right, Chelsea. <laughs> this, you know, when I read the title, I thought it was going to be um, like different, like old ideas, like, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you got, you know, because I, I, yeah, I, um, I, I didn't realize it was going to be all about drinking. I guess, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, but you know, this is, <laughs> this is living sober. You know, like, um, but you know, um, I I guess if one word describes this for me, it's ignorance, right? Like that's just like I kept thinking. I'm like, oh, this is just. It's like I was ignorant. I, I was completely ignorant of what it was that I was doing, what was happening to me, um, and uh, and I think. You know that there's a. I have a few highlights in my uh, uh, reading from when I first read this book, like six years ago or something. Um, and one of them was, uh, um, you know, like we we began to see what it no longer did for us and what it was doing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's the thing is one of my uh, uh, persons that I know from meetings uh, early on. He would. Uh, just the way he said it too. It just made you self-reflective about like, you know, he had to ask himself like what alcohol was doing, you know, to him and no longer for him. And, you know, that just is like something that resonate, you know, with me deeply because, um, I, 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 for whatever reason I had that whole, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like in the background, like, oh, it'll be good again, or I will have fun with this again, or like, you know what I mean? It's like doing something, you know what I mean? But, but in the foreground, there's all this shit going wrong. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm literally my shit is going wrong. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'm shitting my pants. I'm shitting blood. Uh, you know, I have ulcers. I like my stomach hurts all the time. You know, my relationships are terrible. You know, it's like a works of suffering. You know, all these other things, everything that I wanted to do in my previous life, I couldn't because I was just chained down by alcohol, you know. And so but to me, in the back of my mind, I still had these these ideas, you know, um, uh, you know, because it was a quote unquote, a desirable state, you know, that they talk about, (laughs) you know, and and I just but I had these it was a lot of denial. It was just a lot of denial about what it was actually going on. You know, and and when I finally got some separation from alcohol, boy, I could really and that I got plugged in with other people and started to see that stuff. Then it started to change. But it took a long time for that old idea, you know, like that, that getting a, you know, loading up my RV and going to the river is something that like, you know, you have to do with four cases and, you know, and that that's enjoyable because it's just not there's no not I say that today. But, you know, I would have thought, well, we're going to go fuck off and have a great fucking time down at the beach and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it'll be, won't it be grand, you know, but second day I can hardly lift a fucking piece of firewood. (laughs) I guess I'm so hungover. (laughs) What about you? What did you think of this in terms of old ideas? 
Well, I just found it interesting. You know, they mentioned that uh, our beliefs about alcohol, drinking, whatnot, you know, sometimes it was thought of as immoral or essential and harmless, or it was necessary to eating. Um, But, you know, I don't really know what it it was for me other than I associated alcohol with a good time, much like what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I first started drinking, it was at parties and, you know, or as we used to call it back in the day, ragers, like, you know, huge parties with jungle juice and a huge cooler. Like that was what um, I associated with drinking was fun, mm-hmm. you know, socializing, but, I wasn't looking at my current state of sitting on the couch every single night drinking until I pass out and being absolutely miserable because I had that idea, like you said, that it'll be good once again. It'll be Mm -hmm. fun again. Um, And so when I tell people um, I drank, well, I stopped drinking because it stopped working. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I I kind of came to that realization a little bit, but I still in the back of my mind was thinking, oh, you know, this is just like temporary. I'll be able to drink again. It'll go back to normal. It'll be fun, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also, I was just thinking, you know, how they said immoral, like, Um, there's a lot of cultural aspects to this, you know, there are some cultures, you know, I was thinking about my mom, she had this boyfriend in high school and he was German and they had a glass of wine with dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it was just normal. It was what they did. Um, even though he was underage, like that's just what they did. Um, and then there are other cultures like, or other religions that think, any alcohol is, um, a sin Mm -hmm. and, um, there's a lot of shame tied to it. So it's just interesting how, um, how those views can, can impact us. Um, for me, like the way that I grew up, the religion that my family, you know, taught to me, all this stuff was drinking is a sin. And so a part of me, had in the back of my mind that, you know, I'm, I'm already like a sinner. So fuck it. Like, fuck what they think. Like, I don't give a shit, you know, and it was kind of out of spite that I just, Mm -hmm. I kept doing those things. But, um, that also compounded how I felt about myself. Like, well, you know, I'm an outcast. I'm the black sheep of the family. Um, so why I, I can't like fix that. So why even try? You know what I mean? Oh, I totally know what you mean. I embraced that shit completely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was my identity for a really long time, you know. Mm -hmm. It was was like exactly how I, you know, I was, I was, I was told I was a piece of shit. I was uh, told I would never amount to anything. I would end up in jail or, you know, prison or, you know, whatever, right? And, um... And it was a constant thing. It wasn't, you know, it was always a thing, you know. So I was definitely the black sheep. I was the outcast and I was the, um you know, uh, all those things. So I, instead of, um, trying to prove them wrong, I, uh, I, I doubled down on that stuff and proved them absolutely right. And also Mm -hmm. it felt pretty good to be that dude too. (laughs) 
<laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta be truthful there you know like for a long time that's what i really felt at the time you know um but uh you know it, it does add up it does it does take its you know, toll on your soul and uh it does you know change you so i think that's the um you know some of these old ideas though it's like i mean you listen to me like that was my identity right so that's the kind of stuff like when we talk about like alcohol drugs or whatever um, you know, that whole lifestyle, that's who you think you are too. Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't that just such a weird thing? That's such an old way to think about it. It's like, you know, and then, um, you know, as we go through the process of the steps, there's one thing that, uh, happened for me, which was really kind of hard. And I still do this all the time because I cuss a lot, right? No, really. I know. I know Chelsea, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's okay. No, no, don't defend it. No, okay. <laughs> no, but no, I, I cuss a lot. But one of the things I don't like cussing. I really don't. It's one of the things that like does like when I hear myself, especially if I'm listening to this podcast or doing the editing or whatever. I'm like, oh, like that dude is like, just stop. You know, stop cussing. It's not. It it's just ugly. I don't like it. But you know, when we talk about you know that old identity, as we go through the steps. It really tries to have us try putting on like the, uh, like a new coat, right? Like a new, you know, in in uh, and you know, we wear that for a while in order to see like you know what it is that we're about. So when it comes to these old ideas, what it's what the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is really trying to do in the twelve steps is really trying to get you to see about like you know all these things that were you know that we feel were wrong or you know broken or you know not good in our lives that we didn't like that we found objectionable like what is it that we should have been doing how is it that we should have been acting what is our i ideal for that w- to your point which is you know you have that self-esteem thing right and it's like that's what this is about to a certain degree it's about getting rid of those letting go of those old ideas and then finding the new ideas that you know, you can put in place of those old ideas. So who is it that I want to be? Like, who is it? Like, do I want to continue to be that dude passing out on a couch with my balls hanging out and my children coming down and making fun of me? You know what I mean? Does, you know, do I have to like defend myself about, you know, all the shit that broke, (laughs) you know, it's like, you know, or can I be the dude that like, you know, puts on his jammies and goes to bed? You know, can I be that without getting shit face drunk? Right. Can I be that dude? And, um, you know, and can I be, um, can I not cuss, right? Can I, like, work on doing that? You know, slowly but surely, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's that's what I hope to be doing as I move forward is, like, taking those old ideas about who I thought that I was and being able to put on that, that new, you know, coat or that new hat. Yeah, you know, I may have to take it off every once in a while to let some steam out, but ultimately, you know, I'm it's it's progress not perfection right Mm -hmm. so that's what i feel like when we talk about like old ideas versus new ideas it's like not only that old idea around alcohol and drinking but also the old idea about you know how we felt about those things the identities we put on ourselves like the the understanding that we even have of the world in general right because it can be very different by the time you get sober and move on hey what's one thing that you feel like um in your sobriety like that you have completely changed or modified like like you know like i would say my cussing right um i haven't completely changed or modified that but let me just say my outlook my inner thoughts my um the my uh optimism i dude i like 
I was so pessimistic in my previous life. I mean, everything was bad and negative, and I lived in the past, and it was all just miserable, you know, just dark. Um, it, what about you? What, what, what has changed significantly for you in sobriety in terms of old ideas versus old Chelsea versus new Chelsea? So many things. Um, I mean, the obvious one is that I no longer associate drinking with a good time. You know, I'm, I'm able to see that a good time for me is being uh, coherent and remembering shit and not having to apologize after something, um, you know, for doing something stupid. That's kind of the obvious thing. Um, I would say, you know, um, that the idea that I would never be successful or I would never achieve anything, I would always be stuck and things would constantly bring me down. Things would happen to me instead of for me. Um, the moment that I started working on myself and making improvements in my life little by little, I started to see the impact of that work, you know, manifesting in positive things for me or success. Um, and so in sobriety, I found that I am capable of doing anything that I put my mind to. And before it was like, no matter how hard I try, like shit's just not going to work for me. So why try anymore? You mm -hmm. know, so that kind of negative outlook on life. And mm -hmm. I think you have to stick it out long enough to have the insight that um, this change isn't necessarily a bad one, you know, because in initially when I realized, oh shit, I have a problem, I thought that's the end of my life. Like everything's going to go to shit now that I know this and I'm never going to have fun and I'm never going to have friends. Um, I'm going to be this sheltered person that just stays at home all time, all the time. And, mm -hmm. um, that's just not how it goes. But I gave myself a little more time and realized, oh shit, I can do so much more now that I'm sober, like than I ever could when I was focused on drinking. So I think, um, it takes a little while to get there, but, um, it's it's interesting how your mindset shifts once you start letting go of kind of the delusional ideas you had when you were still drinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I my delusion when I was drinking actually drink. I, I was a rock star every time I fucking you know put, <laughs> put vodka in a in a glass, right? Like for whatever reason, I just felt like that that was like what I was doing. Um, yeah, and I just, uh, yeah, I think it was just like my ego was trying to defend itself because it couldn't really handle the reality of the situation. I'm just a dude in suburbia, you know, fucking like anybody else. I got a job and that's pretty much it. You know, I'm not rocking the world here. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't, I didn't understand any of that stuff. I, I didn't, I didn't get any of that before, but as I got sober and as I started to, you know, see myself, you know, one of the things that came up, which is, um, you know, if I'm not the fuck up, if I'm not the the black sheep and if I'm not the one like causing trouble or, you know, saying rude shit or, you know what I mean? Like if I'm not the one just always doing that, then who will I be? Right. Mm -hmm. And when yep. I didn't have that, like, you know, like, whoa, like, because that was a scary thought. It's like, if I change this, then, oh, my gosh, like, what will I become? And um, 
you know, and that's why I love like the program. I love the people in the program for that stuff. And it's really about like, you know, trusting that process. And it's really about like kind of letting go of a lot of shit that you didn't really understand that you had, um, you know, because you built this like facade of, you know, what you thought the world was, what you thought you were, how you operated it. And then when I started to let those things down and, um, and the thing, it's what they call getting right sized, right? It's like, once that started to happen for me, I was like, I mean, I was scared. I was vulnerable. It sucked. And I didn't want to like step out into the world anymore, but because it got scary now, because if I don't, if I can't, if I don't have that tool to operate with that sarcasm, that fucking, you know, whatever, um, that attitude or that personality, then like, then what am I? Like, what do I do out there? Um, mm-hmm. and that was really scary for me. So, um, but I did learn that I could be a vulnerable person, that I could feel my feelings, that I could have emotions, that I could I could make mistakes, that I could fuck up, that I could, you know, all these other things that I'm so afraid of doing. Um, I talk in front of people like this was like an unheard of thing, like <laughs> doing this, period. I mean, but stepping up to a podium in a, in a meeting or whatever, it terrified me, absolutely terrified me. Um, and then now it's like, it's just like whatever, right? So- all these things about who I thought that I was um, just, um, you know, eventually go away. Yeah, and you're right. Time does take time. You know, you give yourself that time a little bit. It's like giving yourself that gift to understand who you are. Um, but I still don't know if I know who I am, period, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't um, – it's – yeah, I think people talk about that all the time. Like, who am I? <laughs> but, well, I think but, yeah. I think – we're constantly a work in progress. So to mm. say you know exactly who you are means, wouldn't that mean that your progress is done, that you've yeah, mastered you, it? Um, you've I, gotten somewhere. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think it's okay to have an idea, but we're changing every day too. True, and so true. Um, to know who you are yesterday is probably not the same person you are today because we're learning and we're growing. Um but I think when you and get that herpes sober, diagnosis really changed everything. <laughs> fuck it, it just fucked you over. But it's okay. Um, but I, I there think... goes my porn career. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my god! But I I think when you get sober, you have the chance to really find the um, foundation of who you are. You know, mm-hmm. deep down to your core. You know, what are your values? What do you like? You know, that's going to evolve, but just the basics, because I too had no idea what I liked, who I was. I had this idea that I'm a bad bitch. I'm also a sad bitch, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and I still, you know, now I'm, I'm still a bad bitch, but I'm not always a sad bitch. So you know, I'm evolving, but you know, I have a I'm lot a happy, more confidence. Bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that's you know, kind of a, I guess, the introduction. I'm sure that there is other things that we'll talk about old ideas as we go through the rest of uh, you know, living sober. Even though we're we're pretty far, like you know, chapter 28, right, uh, is uh, where we're headed it's next wild. week. So. It's wild, right? Like that we've gone through this whole little book and done all these little topics. Oh my gosh! So, um, so yeah. So I guess uh, anything else that we want to add to the to the flavor? Oh, what's oh the question is the question that I asked you. Um, you know, in recovery, um, what should we say? Like, 
you know, what has changed for you? What have you let go? What is the question there? Like what old ideas or yeah, what old ideas did you let go of when you got sober? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Or so in sobriety. And then um, don't forget that we are part of the fire network. If you want to be part of the fire network uh, and really what that is, is just, you know, we want, you know, other people who are headed in the same direction with the same ideas you know, so if you're doing, uh, you know, podcasts, if you're doing a blog, if you're doing an app, if you're doing a, I don't know, maybe you're doing a movie. Um, either way, we would like to know about it so that we can help promote and so that you can help promote us as well. So we could, you know, share our resources as we grow and spread the message of recovery. How's that? Um, that's it. So part of the Fire Network. So if you would like more information on that, uh, uh, info at silverpod.com is our email. And again, um, oh, you know what? I, I got to do this because we had a, uh, we had a, um, we had a call in and, uh, and I totally forgot. And I was like, oh, geez, like I got to like, um, I got to, uh, um, find it here. Hold on. It's under messages. Oh, wait, do we have two? Oh no, we only have one. Cause we did the one from Chuck with the happy birthday thing. Uh, and then, so we have one from Aaron. So and actually Aaron did it completely perfectly. He um he actually did it in under a minute. Like Ooh. exactly like he like 56 seconds. So that was pretty cool. So um so let me uh let me share that and I will play it. All right, here it is. This is from Aaron. Ready? Yep. Okay. G'day Chelsea and Carl. It's- it's Aaron here calling from Sydney, your little your little Aussie friend. Uh, just want to say a quick hi and that you guys are doing a fantastic job going through the the Living Sober book and, and the 12 steps and um, some really good subject matters been coming up. And I just want to say I've been really enjoying it. You know, I've been uh, listening fully around since 2019, so fairly fairly new days, you know, for SoberPod, and it's uh, been a very important part of my my recovery. And the SOS uh, meeting on, I think it's Saturday, your time, it's Sunday morning for me, that's really cool too. So keep it up, guys, and I'm happy to be here. Have a good one. See ya. 54 seconds. That's amazing. <laughs> so good yeah, to you hear know- from Aaron, our Aussie friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you know, again, it's it's the accent for us Americans. We just we tend to love. <laughs> we really tend to love the uh, Australian accents. I don't know what it is, but that's what it is. So, uh, but here, let me just let me just point out to the rest of you people. Okay, uh, I am not going to uh, get defensive about what Aaron just said <laughs> because. He said the exact right things. Okay, we're doing a good job. <laughs> we. You know, he's he's getting a lot out of it. He's been listening for a long time. He loves the SOS meetings. What more is there, right? Don't get all critical. Don't get all... Then I won't get defensive. <laughs> you just got to come correct. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Aaron, for your wonderful, wonderful call. <laughs> we love you, Aaron. We we love you so much. <laughs> Either way. So, uh, so if you are... Uh, 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 so uh, inclined to call in and leave your message. And by the way, if you have called in just like Aaron, Aaron, please feel free to, feel free to call in. 
Um, and leave, you know, more messages. You know, again, I'm looking for fart noises, those types of things. I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah, maybe we can get a soundboard going, you know, people with, uh, I want to hear someone rap, yeah. someone uh, <laughs> send us a, a freestyle rap, a rap, but in the style of Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just see if that comes through. Uh, yeah, no, that, that would be fun. All, all the interesting stuff. Okay. So. Anything else that we want to um, share, uh, pick up, put down, call our moms about anything? I'm picking up what you're putting down. What did I put down again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So this is the end, my friend. Um, so what does Chelsea say? Deuces. And what does the Carl say? Do you what remember? What does he say? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Uh, Carl says, um, uh, um, that you can, uh, sometimes, um, you can sometimes have some lubrication for the smooth operation <laughs> of society. You can fib a little, man. You can fib a little. No, okay. No, I, I, I say stay active, stay sober, and see ya. See ya.